This is an ad explaining a government incentive for private health insurance. Meet Shane. Shane saves $29 a month on his private health cover. Here's how. Depending on your income, the government may contribute an amount towards the cost of your private health insurance. These types of incentives are designed to try and encourage more people to use private health insurance. But it's this, in addition to a few other things, that's distorting the system. That's according to my guest on Business Briefing. Francesco Paolucci, Associate Professor, Health Economics. Francesco is the head of the health policy program at Murdoch University. He says if health insurance customers are turning away from buying products, it could be due to them wising up to what the system is offering. There has been uh, uh, quite a bit of evidence coming out over the past, uh, I would say, decade um, or so. Uh, survey information reports, official one, also consumer-based reports that questioning of the value uh, of health insurance. And I think uh, consumers are conscious of the fact, or some of them at least, that they are buying it not for what it is, uh, which is a product that should cover uh, healthcare services. Um, uh, but rather to gain some, I uh, would uh, say, uh, tax uh, benefit. You mentioned there are some tax incentives which might be skewing the system. Can you explain what they are and do you think it's uh, something that needs to be addressed in reform? Well, yes, I think it's uh, clear not only to me, I think also the industry has been recognising uh, uh, this over the years and the govern- government as well, um, to introducing the rebate and the levy surcharge, Medicare levy surcharge. These have been modified uh, through means testing. The idea has been to uh, uh, clearly lift a, b- a bit the, the weight of these tax on the low-income individuals. I think the reality of it is that by providing an incentive, a tax in- incentive for the higher the income of uh, households and individuals provides the opportunity for individuals to consider buying health insurance even if they don't need it. In fact, the question would be, why would we subsidize it uh, given the existence of a universal uh, uh, public system? Uh, Obviously, there are many reasons uh, to have private insurance as an option, in a sense, uh, to substitute for public insurance. But at the moment, the incentive and subsidy scheme uh, and also the tax levy as it is constructed provides quite a bit of an overlap between between the public and the private system. And uh, that makes individual question uh, more uh, uh, closely whether uh, they actually need private insurance, especially in a time where they may have to sort of make more uh, conscious uh, decisions uh, um, uh, about uh, their finances. When you're talking about the increasing differentiation in products in the health insurance industry, what sort of particular government regulations are you referring to that encourage that sort of behaviour in the market? Uh, the market being voluntary, so that's a feature, a characteristic structure, a feature of the Australian system. And the regulatory framework having community rating clearly puts insurance in a position of uh, thinking about how to better segment the market to identify between high and low risk individuals. So basically, it's, uh, it has a good intention, community rating. It's very popular for many reasons. So for example, sells very well uh, from a policy perspective. Uh, At the same time, of course, uh, it creates uh, incentives for insurance companies to segment the market by designing the products to uh, actually uh, attract low risks uh, and um, discourage high risk, in a sense. 
Could you just explain, for those who might not know what a community rating is, could you just explain just really briefly what a... Absolutely. Well, community rating, the way it works in Australia is that uh, all individuals that buy a product from uh, a particular insurance would pay the same premium, independent of their age, sex or risk profile. The average premium in uh, the pool uh, of a product of insurer, so in, of, of a certain insurer. So... In fact, the, the technical way uh, to call it is community rating per product per insurer. That's the type of regulation that we have here. What do you think insurers should be doing to prove their worth to customers or you know, improve their reputations after scandals such as CommInsure and various others? The one thing that I think uh, would be interesting for insurance companies to start doing would be to uh, consider, given the transition that uh, it's occurring globally uh, from acute to chronic conditions, uh, would be entering more the preventative primary care space. Of course, they don't have the whole responsibility. Actually, I think uh, uh, largely the responsibility uh, of uh, uh, the uh, distortions in the market are uh, lying with uh, the way the government uh, uh, has regulated and created the incentives in the market. And one aspect that has always surprised me of the Australian market is that private insurance cannot really cover general practice, which is where uh, most of the prevention and uh, chronic disease man- management can be coordinated and, and uh, where, where it usually starts. And, and finally, I think it's important to recognize that insurance companies can also uh, start uh, uh, thinking uh, how to contribute to uh, more, although they are starting doing this, to fill in the gap that it's quite uh, obviously there uh, when we think about uh, joining the dots in the healthcare sector, which is quite fragmented, again, in the preventative primary care space. The Productivity Commission has recommended in the past that insurers fund community-based palliative care organisations. Do you think these organisations could be a space where health insurers could move into? Of course, when you think about palliative care or aged care in general, uh, that is another symptom of the very fragmented uh, sector in in Australia. I mean, some other countries that have um, health insurance uh, systems, uh, either as a sole uh, source of financing or as, as a substitute, like the Netherlands, again, Germany, uh, Switzerland, and so on, they actually integrate the long-term care sector in the, in the healthcare sector. And clearly, health insurers have, uh, uh, would have an opportunity if they could enter this space early on. Of course, when we think about uh, aged care services, these are highly costly services. So uh, the type of, of insurance that would make it worthwhile entering this, this market would be insurances that are lifetime. So they start early on to be able to cover for costs that are repeating uh, over time once uh, some chronic condition or some condition like aging uh, itself uh, brings. That's Francesco Pellucci economist and head of the health policy program at Murdoch University. I'm Jenny Henderson, Melbourne business and economy editor for The Conversation. Our theme music is by Ben Sound, and you can catch more business briefing by subscribing on iTunes or visiting The Conversation's website.